welcome to the original and the best power hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I am not joined by J.D. Hall this time, although if you want a great rollicking episode, but make sure you go check out our award slash play and preview episode. That was a really fun one. But I am here with my good friend, Caleb Lynn. And I, I don't know if I said my name. I'm Alex Burr. And Caleb, in the tradition, throwing a curveball when you expect a fastball. The Colts signed Stefan Gilmore today. How are we feeling about that for the Colts? Um, I think it's massive. I think they need a star. Uh, I personally think, you know, I understand they have a, a ton of pro bowlers, but um, I just, I just think the Colts were missing a star. Um, I, I specifically think they need it offensively, but defensively doesn't hurt them. Um, you know, Ballard, you know, really knocked his signing out of the park. And, you know, Jim Mercer brought that private jet. It tells you how much they wanted him. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of optimism about this Colts defense, and there should be. I mean, this is an elite-looking group on paper right now. I mean, you would hope um, going from Rocky Asin to Stephon Gilmore is legitimately insane. Um, we just need a knockout wide receiver, man. Like, we, that's all we need in the draft. And this draft – I've, you know, I haven't been diving super deep into NFL mock drafts, but it sounds like Caleb, this draft is just loaded with wide receiver talent. And yeah. if I, if we don't draft a wide receiver, Caleb, I will be so angry at Chris Ballard. I will be treating him like Dylan Hughes treats Sam Presti. That's how yeah. angry I will be with Chris Ballard. If he doesn't draft, like, I mean, this draft is so so t- stocked with wide receiver yeah. talent and Michael Pittman's a nice receiver, right? Right. I think once, I think the situation last year was untenable for a lot of reasons. Um, <laughs> this is, this is a throwback Caleb to remember that when um, this segment was just me and Dylan getting our football takes off. Oh yeah. This, yes. this is kind of a, a throwback to that. Yes. Um, <laughs> listen, man, I like our chances in the ASC South that we draft a competent wide receiver. That's, yeah. that's all I'll say, but Caleb, um, we got to talk. We're talking. We're it's got a loaded episode today. Going to talk all rookie. Going to talk playoff previews. You know there are playing games going on as we speak. There's currently seven minutes left in the fourth quarter of the Atlanta Cleveland game, so we're going to be monitoring that. But Caleb, I think the most important thing to start with, and it is, it'll come up later in one of the series we are previewing. But Luka Doncic um, strained his calf. And he is definitely going to miss game one. And there's a high likelihood of him missing game two. Now, we saw in 2019, Kevin Durant, right? I think he's the most high profile recent example of someone straining their calf. And we saw what happened when he tried to come back. And he was, he rested for like a month. He went out in the, I think he went out in the Rocket series that year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He came back in game five against Toronto and he tore his Achilles. So, I'm not saying that's going to happen with Luca, <laughs> but right. Caleb, I feel like the Mavericks need to be cautious with this. And I don't feel they're in a position to be cautious. How do you feel about that? Um, I, I think, I think they need to be cautious. Um, but this does not change my opinion of how I believe they're winning the series. 
Um, I, I, I like, I think if they can come back, um, split this thing to one piece, I think they're fine. I, I honestly do. I think if you, if you, if you can squeeze one win out at home, you do have that going for you. Uh, that's a good, that's a good crowd. That's a good crowd. It's a good fan base. And I think when you're looking at Luke, I mean, obviously he is the engine and so many of those players, you can be like, well, are they as good without him? Or are they as uh, talented without him? I, I think, I think the key for, for Dallas here is, okay, let's trust in what we've built the last four years. Um, this is a team and a culture that's been together for a long time, really, if you think about it, uh, adding in different pieces, they've been getting better. And you're asking them to compete just for a little bit for two games. I think they can do that. And so he was injured on Sunday, right? This past Sunday, which would have been, I'm terrible at dates. I would have been the 10th, right? Yeah. So their first game is tomorrow. They're kicking off the playoffs um, at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 o'clock Central. So that the Davis is coming out like a couple hours after this. Jazz Mavericks will have probably already tipped off, right? But by the time you're listening yeah. to this. So game two is on Monday. Game three isn't until Thursday. So that would be what? If he doesn't play game two, that would be like almost two weeks off. You would hope, right? Two weeks of rest would be able to get it to a point where he's able to play. And if Lucas playing, there's no way the Jazz win the series, right? I, we both agree with that. Totally. Uh, absolutely none. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. But Caleb, I think that this is going to be a situation where like if he's not healthy and he's not able to come back from this, they're screwed. I so okay. I know Caleb, the Mavericks had a really great season, right? They rallied after a slow start to win 52 games, fourth seed in the West. Or, yeah. or they might have been 51 and 31. My math may have been a little off. Point is they won 50 games, right? That's a really good season for anybody. Yeah. If you're the Mavericks, what would your approach be? Would you slow play this? Or are you seeing like, hey, Luca? Please come back. We need to get to the second round. Um, wow. I, I, I probably would slow play it. Although I, I do think, um, I do think they got a great chance if he's available. Right. So it's hard. I mean, I really feel like if you're Dallas, you know, and he's out, it's tough for you to win. But I think if he's in the lineup, they're winning the series. So I think it's hard as a competitor, probably if you're Dallas to, to do that. But um, I, I think you probably have to go long term. Uh, you know, this guy's this guy's so young. He's so gifted. Um, you know, you don't want this injury to happen and all of a sudden it affect you in future seasons. I mean, this this we, we could be talking about the best basketball player in the world here in like three years. So I, I, I think you got to make sure you're monitoring that. I mean, if I was doing my top 100 right now, I haven't touched it in a while. Sure. He's probably number six right now. I mean, he's unbelievable. He's honestly been incredible this year. And yeah. he was like every year he's been a first team all NBA, every year of his career other than the first year. So right. second, third and fourth years, easy first team all NBA selection. Nobody's 100%. thinking about it. 100%. He's been absolutely incredible. I, we'll save more Mavericks talk for later, but it's an interesting conundrum. I think for the Mavericks, I'll, I'll close this out on this. It's an interesting conundrum for the Mavericks to consider because for them, right? You have so much writing yeah, right. on this guy, right? Yeah. He is your future. This yes. would be like if LeBron James, right? Like, right. This actually, 
in terms of parallels to LeBron James's career, who is the guy that Lucas stats most resemble, um, this is the year that they made it to the finals and played San Antonio. Totally. Right? Yeah. This so I understand why the Mavericks would be like, oh, we need to make the second round with this guy. But for me, I would prioritize the health of the superstar. Wait till he's fully 100% ready to play. And then that's how I would approach it. But, you know, jobs are on the line. <laughs> even right. though uh, I don't even... Uh, Nico Harrison, I think, is the name of the guy who took over for Donnie, um, Donnie Nelson and yeah. then Jason yeah. Kidd. Those guys are in yeah. their first year, but... Still, we've seen with LeBron, and I'm not saying Luke and LeBron are similar personalities, but when you have a talent, you apply the pressure to yourself. Yeah. And it makes you do not very smart things. So we'll, we'll talk more about the Mavericks later. I want to get the all rookie teams in, though, because Caleb, we did a rookie pod a while ago. Life got in the way. We never got to finish the um, rookies on the good teams. Thankfully, we'll have enough room to discuss them here. So let's just go ahead and jump right. Well, before I do that. How hard was making this all rookie team for you? Just like on a very basic level, how hard of a time did you have like narrowing it down to 10 guys? I had a group of 13 to be exact that I was looking at. Um, And it honestly, I didn't have issues making the first team. And to be quite honest, I didn't have issues with the first three slots in the second team. It was just about, making just getting the guys that I feel like deserved it for those last two. And I mean, there's a lot of guys you can throw in there. Uh, I leaned uh, with, with two guys that I'm, I think, you know, for me are in the top 10 about the way that they performed all year and how they've been, you know, and, and how important they are to their team. So for me, it was very, I knew what I was doing, but then a couple spots made it really tricky. Yeah, I think you'll be surprised with a guy I have on the second team instead of the first team. Um, but I think we're I I wouldn't be surprised if we had the exact same five for the first team. Like I think this rookie class was absolutely astonishing. Um, so my top three for I'll just go ahead and give mine. My top okay. three, this is my first team. Okay. My top three is the same as it was for rookie of the year. Um, I have Mobley first, I had Barnes second, I had Cade third, right? Those three guys were incredible all season long. I had Franz Wagner fourth. Um, he The way he performed all season just was ridiculous. And nobody, like Caleb had next to no expectations for him coming out of college. A lot of people didn't see this coming, like even the ones that were high on uh, Wagner. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he exceeded every and all expectation. He played like a legitimate rotation player. And my fifth guy, I'm sure you have him on your team, too. I have Jalen Green. Like, Jalen Green, did you realize he's shooting better from the field than Cade Cunningham did this season? Kind of nuts. I, I I looked at a little bit of stuff. Uh, definitely didn't think he was that good. I thought to myself, like, you know, obviously he was so inconsistent and up and down all year. And right. the thing about it for him is like if you, I mean, I felt like Cade was pretty consistent. Jalen, the up and down guy. So that, that, that it was a shocking stat. I looked through it and I'm like, okay, wow. You know, <laughs> it's kind of something. And, I, and I'm high on Jake. And for those that know me, I mean, they know I'm high on Jalen Green. So I, I, I'm a little stunned by that one. So it was shocking because I felt like the narrative was Jalen Green's the inefficient chucker and Cade Cunningham's the smart decision maker, right? You, you get these narratives developed around the rookies. 
when Cade was awful, like both of them were really awful really the first awful. two months of the year, right? Really awful. Like, <laughs> not to excuse both of them, but they're rookies. Yeah. And I'll be curious to see how you feel about this, Caleb. But I feel like Cade really had the Anthony Edwards season this year where Edwards was horrible, right? Horrid to start his rookie season. And then as the season goes along, he becomes a more efficient player and the season end stats still look inefficient, but you could see the progress he made over the last 50 games versus, you know, in Jalen or in Anthony Edwards cases, first 22 and in um, Cade's cases, first 15, right? Caleb, what was your first? I, this is a very bad transition, but I'm just I'm rolling with it. What yeah. was your first team all rookie? <laughs> um, so for me, again, I, I'm kind of just putting a group of five together. I didn't sit there and be like, okay, this one's my rookie of the year. This one's my, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously you did awards for that. I don't need to get into that, but I, mine were, you know, I did Scotty Barnes. I, I thought he was the real deal. Obviously, uh, gave Toronto everything. I, I had Mobley. Uh, in there, I had you know Cade in there. Um, I I had Jalen Green in there, uh, and then I had Herbert Jones. I, I think I think what he's been doing this season on the defensive side of the ball is irreplaceable. The New Orleans Pelicans would not be anywhere what they are as a play-in team with the potential to move into the playoffs unless they had Herbert Jones. I I think. To me, those were my five. But, you know, again, you know, Wagner's been very good this season. Totally understand the reasoning to put him in his first team. I just for me, I sat there and I'm like, he I just felt like Herb was impacting the game in so many ways. And I just could not ignore it. It's listen, it was hard for me to leave Herb off the first team. I went with Jalen Green instead of him. I. As much as you ate crow on Wagner this year, I'm not surprised <laughs> you had Jones ahead of him. <laughs> but um, listen, man, you know I, it's just funny, is all. But in all seriousness, uh, yeah, like I'm not taking anything away from Herb Jones because that man came in and was one of the three best defenders of his whatever position he plays. Like yeah. he's one of the three best at that position yeah. as a rookie, yeah. right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like people I agree. are like Draymond kind of changed the NBA, right? Do you remember what year Draymond was in in 2014-15? Like what year Yikes. in his career he was? No, no, I know it was year three. This wow. is Herb Jones in year one, <laughs> and he's the only good defender on that New Orleans team. And it doesn't matter. They had a top 15 defensive rating. It's why I had him on my all defense team is because they, he was the only reason that I had an all defense team. What did you see from, okay. I know you probably didn't see this level of success coming at Alabama, no. but what was Herb like at Alabama? And did you think that was a steal at the time? He was this, he was this like what I mean. I mean, I didn't think he would do this immediately, but what he did at Alabama is what he's doing for the Pelicans. He's a ball handler. He can he can defend anybody. He has the ability to know and pick his spots. And that's just kind of who he's been and who he is. In terms of what I thought his NBA potential was, I thought he could have a decent career. Um, I thought he would be a very good defender and stick around. But some of what he's been doing offensively, I don't think anyone could have predicted, particularly the shot. I don't think anyone could have predicted that. Um, and really a lot of impact offensively as much as he's been given. And so to be honest with you, um, I, I think 
what he's doing has succeeded my expectations of him as a rookie. Uh, but there's no doubt, you know, if you told me he was a 10 year pro, I'd say, yeah, with the way the game's going. I mean, and, and I feel like that's what he's been doing, showing that he's going to be a good pro for a long time. And if he can make the shot, he might not make an all-star game, but he'll be like on the outside looking in. Right. Like he'll be like, when you go down the list, you'll be like, kind of like how Draymond Green is an all-star, but not really an all-star in a traditional sense. I feel like Herb, Herb just does all those things, right? Like he crashes the glass hard, right? He does. He's the little things all-star. Right. And if you notice the little things, you're going to be like, wow, he really jumps off the page. And even if you don't notice the little things, just his energy on defense is it pops through the screen when you're watching it. He's an incredible talent. Yeah. Um, We didn't, when we did the last rookie episode, we didn't really have time to talk Barnes or Mobley, Um, which I'm not going to ask you, who did you think was better this year? Which season did you prefer between the two of them? Like, would you have, did you like Barnes this season more? You liked Mobley's more. Why did you like Mobley's more? Um, High safe. Safe. I mean, like, I feel like I knew what I was getting every night. Um, I feel like I knew what he would give me. I knew he would give me 15. I knew he would give me eight. I knew he would give me a block. I just knew what his role was. I think Scotty was very good. Don't get me wrong. But the consistency of Mobley um, for me is what jumps out. Um, and, and just how he's made Cleveland what they are on the defensive side of the ball uh, cannot be ignored. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's changed what they can do on the defensive side. Uh, in fact, I think he could, you could argue he's like, you know, kind of flipped the script on like how you defend in the NBA Cleveland with this triple tower lineup. To be honest, Alex, they would never have been able to do that unless they had another move ever, ever. I mean, I don't know if any team, you can't just do what they're doing unless you have a guy like that. So for me, Evan Moore. I totally agree with that. Um, the defensive impact is just startling, right? No rookie has any right <laughs> to unlock. Like you said, he unlocks the defense. and There's no way. Like, bro, we laughed at the Cavs for signing Lowry Markkinen, right? In the offseason, that was one of the worst signings possible. And he, they made him a viable defender this year. He was, you know, a viable defender. And a lot of that was because Mobley and Allen were amazing, right? Allen deserves a lot of credit too, but Mobley was just great this year. Yeah. Scotty, to me, Scotty was great all year long. Don't get it twisted. Oh, but yeah. for the first couple months, there were just times where he'd be invisible. And he, you just wouldn't feel him, right? And not to say, you know, you want a rookie to make a cons- <laughs> like it's a- <laughs> trying to find the right way to phrase this. It's not fair to expect a rookie to come in and be like Tim Duncan, right? Average 20 no, and 10. No, no, no. Yeah. But I think Mobley for me, the reason why I had him rookie of the year and I kind of, and my text messages with JD, I kind of overreacted. I'm like, maybe we had the wrong guy for rookie of the year, but I didn't because Scotty at times just could be a little invisible, but he does so much to impact winning. That it does, you know, Caleb, you know this from watching yeah. basketball as much as you do. Yeah. Sometimes being invisible is the best thing you can do, especially when you have as many as much talent as Toronto does. But I think Scotty yeah. was incredible. I think Mobley was incredible. This rookie class is just insane. Let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and start with your second team. Yeah. What was your second team for all rookie, Caleb? Um, so obviously Wagner, second team for me, pretty much a lock. 
I, I had Franz in there as a lock. Uh, Iodasun was a lock, uh, total lock. Giddy was an absolute lock. I had, um, and then with, you know, in terms of, you know, what I was going to do with those last two spots, uh, I just went for the simple fact of how good have they been all season. And, you know, for me, Shangoon was in that is, is in there for me. And, and I got Bones Highland in there for me. You know, Bones has been stepping it up really well for this team. And Shangoon has been a really nice prospect for Houston. He's given them a lot. He's been really good when he's out there. He's making plays. Uh, I, I liked what those two gave me. That, that was the hardest part, deciding the last two. Eileen with Shangoon and Highland. So it's funny. We had nine of the same ten. I think this has happened with me and Dylan before too, yeah. where we disagreed on one guy. Okay. Who I did not have, guy? I, so I had Herb, obviously, you sure. know, Herb was on my second team. I had Giddy. Sure. I had Shangun and I had, I had Io, right? Yeah. The guy I had that you did not have, I had Jonathan Kaminga. He was okay. really good for the Warriors. And, you know, he, there was a rap on him, right? Coming out of the G League last year, he really struggled in the G League compared to Jalen Green. And there was a rap on him like, oh, he's uncoachable. You know, he's kind of rudderless. It just felt like he was getting all these kinds of insults, right? And this isn't like all rookie teams should not be a reward for, you know, proving the haters wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> but he was really good in a really small role. Yeah. And usually, like, most other years, Jonathan Kaminga is making all rookie first team, right? Yeah. Same with Io. Same yeah. with Shangun. Yeah. Those like the rookie class last year, all three of those guys make all rookie first team easy, right? Easy. Easy. And it's difficult because <laughs> Kaminga to me, yeah, you can, you can, I understand the case against Kaminga for this spot, right? He didn't play that much, although he played 70 games. When I saw he played 70 games for them, I was shocked. I was like, there's no way. I felt like he played most of the year in the G League, but he did not. He played 70 games. He shot 51% from the field. He was dunking everything in sight, playing good defense. I mean, yeah, he was a star in his role this year. And with, when he, you're as talented as Jonathan Kaminga is, that makes a huge impact, especially for a team like the Warriors really struggled in the second half of the season. Yeah. It's not his fault. No. You know, it's not his fault. Their veteran-laden team, veterans got hurt, right? So right. he did what he was asked to do, and he did it outstandingly. And that, to me, is why I had Kuminga on the second team. Why did you not have Kuminga? Limited action. Um, and, and I'm not denying that he had a decent season for the Warriors. Um, I just think it's for me, it was just a little overhyped. I mean, I had him in, I had him in there, like in my group, like, you know, I like, you know, I was telling you, you know, certain guys I had in the season, certain guys I did not. Um, it was between him and Donovan, or sorry, not Donovan, uh, Davion Mitchell. And I'm sitting there like, okay, these are the, I'm going to pick between Shangun, Highland, Davion and Kaminga. And I just, to me, it was, you know, he was great defensively. Um, there's no question about it. His offense, I thought was fine. I, I, you know, I just, for me, I just wanted to see more. I just wanted to see more. And, and it really has nothing to do with his skills or how I think he was disappointing. Uh, just kind of simply, Hey, I just think what Shangun and Highland did, especially when you look at a guy like Highland, uh, you know, a guy that I think has performed and exceeded the expectations 
uh, in his rookie season. Uh, and I think with Shangun, I, he, he gave me more than I expected this season. Uh, Kaminga, I, I kind of thought this is what he would be. And maybe that's not fair of me to do that. Uh, but that's kind of what I expected. And therefore, that changed how I went about everything. You know, that's fair. I have to say my expectations, just based on the way they handled Wiseman, were really low. Right. So that might have something to do with it, too. Maybe. Where, yeah. Because they really bungled the Wiseman thing. And Wiseman has been hurt. You know, so yeah, yeah, he, yeah. How much blame do they receive versus how much, you know, is it just Wiseman can't stay healthy? It's, you know, it's up for debate. But I thought the way they handled him and Moody started to really come along at the end of the year, too. Yeah, I really th- like the way they handled both their young guys. Yes. Um, Bones Highland was my first guy, Io was my last guy it. out, but oh, like wow. not my last guy. He was my last guy on the list. So like I did. Oh, one okay. Okay. Kind of, okay. Sorry. Okay, I phrased okay. that poorly. Okay. So it was Herb Jones, Giddy, <laughs> Kaminga, Shingun, and Io. That was the okay. Um, okay. Gotcha, order of gotcha. my second team. Okay. okay. Io kind of fell off a cliff and he kind of hit the rookie wall. Right. Yeah. Not a whole lot of these guys did hit the rookie wall, but also a lot of them, you know, missed a few games in the middle of the season, making it, them right. hit the rookie right. wall. He right. played like 77 games. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a lot after what? And this, playing thirty. His role has changed, right? Yeah. Right. He he did his role change was incredible. Going from a guy that was just going to be a rookie to, oh shoot, you're playing like crunch time minutes on a playoff team. I mean, I don't think anyone in Chicago expected Io Desumu to play crunch time minutes this early in the season. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. A lot of that was Lonzo being out, but he stepped up. Yeah. Yeah, you did. He stepped up when Lonzo was out. By the way, um, quick score update. It looks like the Atlanta Hawks will be getting the eighth seed. Shout out to the Indiana Pacers who lose out. I wish JD was here. I wish JD was here to laugh at the Pacers because they are going to lose out on a first round pick. Lose out on a first round pick. Because it will be lottery protected, folks. Um, And hey, Evan Mobley could have used more help. (laughs) Um, I think so. You brought up some guys you had on the outside looking in. my outside looking in, like I said, Bones was my first guy out. Davion Mitchell was a really hard cut. And if he didn't have Halliburton in front of him all season, odds are he would have made the all rookie team for me. Like, yeah, he is really good at basketball and he can do stuff. He just was really limited because they had three point guards. It's really hard to do stuff when you have three point guards. But when he had freedom in his hands, he I don't want him leading my team in any way, shape or form. Right. But I think he could be a really good backup for years to come for Deer and Fox. I think yeah. he can bring a culture of defense off the bench. He could play with Fox, right? Yeah. I think he has that kind of skill set. But I, I just didn't think his season was good enough to um, be on the team. Duarte missed way too many games. A lot of Wait. these guys on this list played a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, and I like I, I thought about Duarte, but I and then I was like no. And then there, you know, I thought a guy like Davion, and then I was like. I looked d- deeper into it and I'm like, you know, like I just, to me, it was certainly there are guys that you could throw in and, you know, but it's somebody like IO Alex, I, that's my big thing with putting him in and, and I securely had him in. My big thing was, I mean, you, you just change your whole role uh, changed uh, your whole way of playing changed. Uh, you were going from a third string point guard to a starter, to a guy that was being relied upon. And I just have to give you credit for that because you could 
I mean, Alex, I could have tumbled Chicago. I mean, we'll talk about, obviously we'll talk about Chicago. We'll talk about the playoff preview, but like that could have tumbled Chicago. Chicago, Chicago, like after that injury, so much questions. How are they going to get their defense? Can they, can they, can it hold down enough? And it did to I, to, to Isles credit. He held down the position enough guys stepped up around the bulls guys got healthier for the bulls. And, you know, I, for me, you know, I get what you're saying about the rookie wall, but look, if you're going to play that many games and you're going to start that many ga- and you're going to start that many games, Alex, I'll let that rookie wall side because like Jalen green's a prime example of a rookie wall, right? Every one of us are ignoring that. Um, I, I, so for me, I'm ignoring the rookie wall here because of the role that Io had to play. Oh, I totally understand it. I'm not. I had him on the team, you know. Yeah, it right, just was. Right. He was lower on the list for me. The yeah. Hawks have officially won, folks. Um, they are now officially the eighth seed. <laughs> Trey Young is incredible. Um, <laughs> I think that for me, Io, like the reason why I had him on the team and the reason why I didn't have Bones. Bones was incredible, but he really had a slow start to the year and he didn't start coming along until after the, after the start of the new year, which is fine. You know, I'm not hating on him for that. No, I do think that IO was very consistent all year, even with the rookie wall and he played or he shot 37% from three right in that supporting role that he was needed to do. So that's the reason why I went with IO. I want to shout out two more rookies before we move on to the playoff previews. Um, I want to shout out Trey Mann. I really liked what I saw from Trey Mann. Yeah, he wasn't the best at making all his shots, right? Which is an important part of being a scorer. But you saw the flashes, and I think the Thunder could really use him to turn their season around next year, right? And then the other guy I'm going to shout out, I want to shout out Corey Kispert. He really had a bad start to the year, too. But I think he found a spot in the Washington rotation which is hard because they have way too many guys, but he showed a lot on offense. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch his defense too closely this year, but he showed a lot of the complimentary offensive skills that he had at Gonzaga. And I think he's going to stick around in the league for maybe not 10 years, but he'll be in the league for a little while because he's got those skills that you can transfer into a useful offensive player. And do you hate either of those honorable mentions, Caleb? No, I don't hate him. Um, I, I personally, for me, um, I like, see, that's kind of where I had Kaminga. That's kind of that honorable mention type of role. Um, again, there's a lot of guys you can put in here, but I really limited it to like 12, 13. I didn't go too deep. Um, I knew the guys I were picking to the most part. It was just a matter of, okay, can I nitpick the way I want to nitpick? Kispert, right. you know, again, somebody that you could say, hey, I'm, I considered him for the second team. I personally did not, but he had a decent season. Um, I think he, honestly, I, I, I kind of thought he'd do a little more. Um, so that, again, I could maybe disappointment there, but I thought he was going to be a little better. Uh, but, you know, there, there's... I don't, I don't hate that. I don't hate those guys that you mentioned. Can I shout out some guys real quick, Caleb, that any other year would have made an all-rookie team but would not be considered this year because of how deep the class is? Go ahead. Any other year, I would say Josh Primo probably ends up on all... No, okay, sorry. Wrong place to start. Any other year, 
Zaire Williams is on an all-rookie team and is being talked about for it. Not this year. <laughs> Any other year. Um, Trey Murphy might be talked about for an all-rookie team. Not this year. Any other year. Isaiah Jackson didn't play enough. Any other year. Josh Christopher considered for an all-rookie team. Not this year. Any other year. Cam Thomas <laughs> probably makes an all-rookie team. Not this year. Any other year. Kessler Edwards probably makes the all-rookie team. Yeah. And my last one, any other year, Jeremiah Robinson Earl definitely makes an all-rookie team. But (laughs) this class was so loaded, Caleb. I'm so excited to watch how this class grows. And I'm excited to see Book Knight barely played this year. Yeah. You know, see, they got to play him, right? They got to play him. Primo's going to get, you know, you got to think San Antonio's picking, choosing a little bit. I think he's, you know, Primo's going to step up. Um, I, there's a lot of guys. That's a great point. So many different players that you can put in and I think could be really good. Like some of the guys we picked for first and second team all rookie, there are guys that missed those rookie teams that could easily be better than those guys next year. Jalen Suggs. Jalen right. Suggs. Right. Right. Yeah. If he's... If he bounces back next year, which I would bet the farm on. Right. If he bounces back next year, we could say, oh, wow, maybe the Magic got a steal at five like we thought the whole time. So I, I believe, yeah. I, yeah. I We both think that's going to happen. We're both uh, very absolutely. We're both very big <laughs> believers in Kalen Suggs' game. Yeah. So, yeah. If we, I think we exhausted all the rookie talk. Let's go ahead and move on to the series previews. Um, we... Obviously, like we said, we just found out the Hawks are going to be playing the Heat. Yeah, yeah. We don't know who will be playing the Suns yet. Caleb, just really quick. Okay. Suns and how many versus the eighth seed? Um, five either way. Five. Five either way. Um, five either way. I, yeah. I think. I think you know it's it's because I, I look. I don't. I, I think. I think you know if the, if they face the Clippers. Obviously, the Clippers have been in, you know, so many postseason moments, um, you know, that they will have different things and scheme up to make life difficult. I think the Pelicans have enough. I just think they can put in buckets like nobody's business. So, you know, there's probably going to be one game where their offense is just clicking on all cylinders. And and so I, I but I don't think it will sustain or go more in multiple wins. So for me, it was just. Five, just five either way. If you made me, but here's the other thing though. A lot of people are trying to say the Clippers would make it more competitive. See, I disagree with that. I think the Pelicans would make it more competitive against the Suns. Um, and, 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 and I, and I like, and so for me, if, if a series was going to go longer than five, it'd be the Pelicans. I, I think they're both getting swept and I've been a Clippers optimist, but Paul George um, entered the health and safety protocols tonight. He actually should have put that in the rundown, but I forgot. Um, he is missing tonight's playing game. Obviously, I don't hate their chances against New Orleans, even without Paul George, because they play. They went 42 and 40 with him playing 30 games this year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to poo poo their chances of getting the eighth seed. That being said, you're already in a hole versus the Suns. There's the Suns are just too good this year. They're they're not going to take their foot off the gas, no. especially in the first round, right? Like especially on a Chris Paul team who knows time is of the essence, and the more rest you have between round one and two is an advantage you'll have over a four-five matchup that we'll talk about that 
it's probably going to go long in any case. So I'm going Sun Sweep. I think they need to take care of Wow. Okay. Wow. Over either team. I like the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans were great, like had a great season this year, all things considered, right? Making the playoffs after starting what? One and 12 and going three and 16 at one point. I don't remember what their exact record was, but it was was a mess. Yeah. And they were over 500 when Ingram played. They were really great after CJ got there. I, I just don't trust them to take a game. I think the Suns are too good. Um, Fair. Do you have any Hawks heat thoughts? <laughs> Obviously the yeah, play-in game just ended. <laughs> yeah. You, what would be your like very, very initial readings on that series? Um, I completely disagree with you. That's a blow over. It's a seven game series. I think okay. I think the I think the Hawks I think the Hawks are what they what they are you know here's the thing for me right I thought Cleveland was going to ride into that game against and they did I'll give them credit they did but Trey Young answers in the fourth quarter the Hawks are not going to be afraid of going into another person's home court as an eight seed and I think Miami is not the most imposing one seed in planet Earth um, I do think that Miami. With all due respect to Lowry and the defenders that they have, uh, I just think Trey Young could be a handful. I think he already is a handful, but I just think that's a tough matchup. And I I really believe in – I just – I really believe that the Hawks will make that game seven-game series. That is not a pushover for me, not one bit. I I have Miami winning the series – uh, but that is not a pushover. Not not one bit. I think that's arguably, Alex, I think that could be the second best series in the East. Ooh, that's, I mean, we know what the best series is. And the best series is sure. the one we say for sure. last. Sure. But yeah, I, I think there's going to be three great series in the East. And then there's also the 36 matchup. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I don't. I think the Heat are a more fallible first seed than the Suns, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I do think the Hawks have too many holes on defense. The good thing for the Hawks is that the Heat's half-court offense leaves a lot to be desired. Absolutely. A, A lot. Yes. So it's not like, you know, the Heat are the, you know, Steve Nash Suns, right? With No. Amari Nash pick and roll. No. Bam is incredible, but he's not a shot creator. Jimmy's not... Jimmy's a weird player. And I say that with all love and admiration. He just is weird, right? He's not your traditional. He's not your traditional, like number one option, right? Whereas Trey is the traditional number one option. And this is where I, this is where I agree with you is that Trey is probably, I would still have Jimmy Butler ranked ahead of Trey on my top 100, but they're, but Caleb, they're close. Yeah. They're close. Like, yeah. Jimmy would be 10. Trey would be 11. I don't know where they would be yet, but that's just hypothetically, right? Sure. Sure. They're right next to each other. Sure. So they're even, this is where I go from there. Right. Yeah. John Collins. We don't even know his status and he's their second best player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right now. I don't know. I'm guessing if he didn't play tonight, he's not going to be back for game one. Right. (laughs) So let's just, let's just assume he's not back. Okay. I'm higher on Bogdanovich than you are. I'm not a fool and think that he's anywhere close to Bam Adebayo, right? <laughs> Kevin Herter, not close to Kyle Lowry. I I just think that there's a massive talent gap after Trey. 
But Trey at wow. this point might just be Oof. such a, a dominant force of nature that he steals three games by himself, right? I'm not going to put that past him. Yeah. And we I, don't know what's Papello yeah. got hurt in tonight's game too. Yeah. So that's another thing to look out for. Fair. I, I would go heat and six. Okay. I, I think the, that. I think the Hawks probably steal one in Miami. Mm-hmm. And I think the heat put it away in Atlanta. I think that would probably be the way I would lean towards it going, but Trey, you brought it up. <laughs> the heat don't have anyone to card Trey. No. This, this might be a series where you just dust off old depot and say, Hey, listen, man, we know you've been hurt a lot the last couple of years. You're also by far the best guard athlete on our team. Go see if you can stick that guy. Go see if you can. And I don't think you can. No, you know, no. unfair expectation. Like yeah. Primal Oladipo was all defensive <laughs> caliber player. Yeah. yeah, this is not Primal Oladipo. No, it's um, not. <laughs> I think, I like I said, Heat and six, but I think the Hawks make it a tough six, and I think that's. I'm really d- bummed oh, the Cavs didn't make it to the postseason. It's, yeah, or make it to the I playoffs. I am too. But. They really have nothing to be sad about. They're going to get the 12th. I think it's the 12th or 11th pick in the draft. I'm not sure. Great season. Great season for them. Great season. They they were over 500. They were this close to the playoffs without LeBron. Like the best season they've had without LeBron since 98. Right? Yeah. And like, (laughs) it sucks that it ended this way, but... You know, hopefully they can re-sign Rubio to a cheap, to a minimum contract next summer. Hopefully Colin Sexton comes back. And hopefully, like, they can figure out some team dynamic. But I trust I trust Bickerstaff after this year. I think what he did, figuring out the Lowry marketing thing, making him a viable option out there, was remarkable. So, I um, let's... Nothing to be, like, nothing to be ashamed of from, from Cleveland. Very excited Absolutely. to see what happens. I, I love, I love that story. You know, I did. I love that story. I was like, ah, uh, you know, kind of sitting there just like, man, I'd love to see a team move on. But, um, you know, I, a lot of respect for what they're doing over there. I know, I know I'm cutting it, but I just, I just wanted to say that. You're good. Let's go ahead and move on to, the, I mean, it was an important point. I didn't really yeah. want to cut you off there. Yeah. Um, Wolves Grizzlies, probably my favorite Western conference series. This is just going to have a lot of storylines. Like I remember oh. the last time these two teams played, it was like right after the all-star break. Yeah. I think it was the first game after the all-star break Yeah, and the wolves took it to the Grizzlies. And I shouldn't have listened to it, but I was listening to Zach Lowe and David Thorpe's playoff preview. And he made a good point. The wolves took three games off of the Grizzlies this year, but every single one of those games, Dylan Brooks didn't play. And now Dylan Brooks is back. And Caleb, I did shout out Zion Williams earlier. I do have a feeling that Dylan Brooks is just a skosh better <laughs> than, than Zaire Williams. I, I don't know about you, but I think he's probably just, you can't ignore him as much. Yeah. You know, you, he's probably a better defender yeah. than Zaire Williams. I don't know, Caleb. I feel like Dylan Brooks is going to make a huge impact in this series. He's really good in the playoffs. He's got a great track record. Um, he has a great track record of being good in the playoffs. Um, I think when you look at the way that he has been this season, um, you know, him coming back, he's going to look to take on the top challenge on defense. He has the ability to shot create. Um, He's been, and you go back to even his college days, he's just a flat out gamer. He knows how to play in the clutch. I can't emphasize how important that is. 
Um, you know, he has a track record that is longer than just the NBA of playing in big moments. I think Dylan Brooks will be a big, big impact for them. I'm just curious offensively kind of how they're going to manage that load, but he's very good in the playoffs. He always rises his game to the next level. Yeah, I mean, he averaged like the most impromptu 25 points of the game ever against the Jazz last year. Maybe that's when we should have been concerned about them when Dylan Brooks was averaging 25 points a game against them on efficient shooting, which he never does. Um, as like a, this team, this Grizzlies team really needed like that third option, right? Not third, but Desmond Bain, you know what you're getting from Desmond Bain, right? You know what you're getting from Ja, you know what you're getting from Jaren, and you wish Jaren would give you a little more, quite yeah. frankly, but he, on, on defense, I think what he gives you in addition to the offense makes it fine, right? Like, yeah. It makes what Jaron does on offense like you want him to do more, but at the end of the day, this guy is like an alien on defense. What more could you possibly expect? You need a little bit of that volatility, right? And I think Dylan Brooks is going to provide that. And <laughs> now you have somebody you can throw on Edwards or Russell, right? Russell killed them the last time they played. Yeah. Russell had 37 last time they played, and it was one of the easiest 37s I've ever seen. Yeah, because Jaws a really great offensive player, right? He's not there on defense, and it's okay. He's no. not, probably not going to be like no. He's six one, you know, one seventy five. What he can do on offense is incredible enough. Yeah, but you brought up the big game experience with Brooks. This team just feels like it has a lot of big game experience. You know, Stephen Adams never made the finals. He's made a conference finals. He's made a, you know, he's made the playoffs a bunch with the Thunder. Didn't yeah. make it last year with the Pelicans, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Yeah. Like, I'm Tyus Stump. He played the finals, Tyus. right? Rookie year? Yeah. Yeah. Tyus Jones, like a lot of just rookie, like a lot of experience for this Grizzlies team. Yeah. Kyle Anderson, you know, played. Sure. Sure. Kyle Anderson, I don't think he ever played for the Spurs in the finals because I think he was drafted in 14, but he was definitely um, made a couple of conference finals with them. This team has experience and the Wolves team is not as experienced, right? Which, you know, they're playing with less fear. They're playing with, you know, the Grizzlies, I think, have the weight of expectation on their back. That's just me. And I think, (laughs) Caleb, I think the Wolves are going to play free. How let's just start with this. Let's start with your guy. How excited are you to see Ant in a playoff series? Holy crap. <laughs> Holy crap. I am so excited to see him in a playoff series. Oh my gosh. This is like this is the playoffs were literally built and configured for him. Like you want to talk about a crowd shifter, a igniter of rallies, a drop dead rally killer. This is the guy. I mean, he's streaky as all get out, but I mean, Alex, he is the definition of a player that that's thrilling in the playoffs. He's, he's, he's going to be thrilling in the playoffs if he matches what he's expected to match. And, and to be quite honest with you, Alex, I, I just think he's going to have a great series. I think he's going to have a great series against the, uh, against the Grizzlies. I think the Timberwolves are going to have a great series in general. I think, to be honest with you, it. I understand that, you know, you look at the records, you say, okay, Memphis has been really good all season, yada, yada, they know how to play with each other. But I, this type of team in Minnesota with house money, uh, I'm not sleeping on what they can be. Um, I, I think this is a deep series. 
Uh, I think, I think that both of these teams are really well coached and I, you know, I, I think, I think this is a very fun to see, very fun to see what's going to happen here. So I do all your points about Ant are well-founded. I shouted out D'Angelo Russell. Um, he played great in the playing game. Unbelievable. Playing game. Yes. There's, there's a, there's a massive elephant in the room though. Caleb. Okay. His name is Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he was objectively awful. <laughs> By like any standard of how you watch basketball, he was yeah. awful I, in the I, playing I, game. I and he wasn't great in the playoffs against Houston in 2018, which was the last, you know, playoff sample size we have for Carl Anthony Towns. I agree. How confident are you that he can get it done in this series, right? Like after that dud of her performance in the playing game. Very. I, I don't even, I don't have nightmares over it. Like, I mean, Alex, you, you know, you know, you know how high I am on this team. I mean, you know, I, you know that I, I think this team is really freaking good. And I think that the thing with that, the Timberwolves are going to provide and what Carl Anthony Towns can provide. And I believe he will exploit the Memphis Grizzlies on is I do not think Memphis, they should, they should, let me be very clear. They should be playing Jared Jackson at the five a lot in the series, but I do not think they will. And I think because they will not do that, there is an opportunity for Carl Anthony Towns to get a lot of good shots because I think he will have the opportunity to shoot those mid range, those three point shots, get himself in rhythm as opposed to the Clippers who they faced, who were switchy on all five spots. I think the Grizzlies like to have that anchor and that's fine. But when you're facing a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, you cannot just hunker in the paint. You you just can't do it. Uh, from the center position. So if Memphis does what I think they're going to do, Carl Anthony Towns got to have a great series. I'm not even one bit concerned. So here's my question off of that, right? Yeah. So we saw the Clippers have a great deal of success, basically baiting Carl Anthony Towns into offense fouls, right? Throwing Nicholas Batum on him, throwing Marcus Morris on him. Both of those guys, by the way, are very capable of banging with you in the post. So it's not really that nonsensical nonsensical of a decision when you think about it. Yeah. But I think the Grizzlies have a guy like that, Caleb and Kyle Anderson, right? A guy you could use to bait him. Would you consider using that as a strategy at all against the wolves? I would. Um, I I would a lot. Again, I think that the they're going to do with, they're going to do similar plans to the Clippers. They don't have as much deep of a personnel uh, to attack that, but I do think they will try with Kyle Anderson, uh, I will. I think Jaron will probably have a shot at guarding him. Uh, I think that you'll see Adams guard him when he's in the game. Uh, but you know, look, I, I I just think this is a type of game. Sometimes, Alex, I mean, you sometimes need one of these, right? Like, I'm not saying what the Clippers did from a game plan perspective wasn't good or wasn't bad. I think it was great. Okay, but I mean, you watch that game, man, and that's just that's just the player trying to do too much. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, t- I really am not trying to take away what they're doing because scheme wise, the Clippers got in his head, but that was so much of, I'm just trying to do all this stuff. What makes Carl Anthony Towns, in my opinion, he can score the ball at will. He's got the you know, shooting and everything, but he's got to trust that roster. 
he's got to trust the roster. This is a good roster. And I think it's also in Minnesota. I think if you go and watch that game, and Alex, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts because I know you dig into this. There was little to no movement when Towns was getting the ball in the block. Little to no movement. That has to change. That has to change. You've got to be doing off-ball stuff when he's on the block. And I, I believe Finch, with his offensive creativity, will be able to provide a punch for that. Um, I, I think they will be able to adjust to that type of thing. And, um, you know, for me, if they can move to me, there was so much of him beating himself up, which then just dug him in even more trouble rather than saying, okay, they're going to throw all these guys at me. They're going to double me. Um, let's just anticipate it. I don't need, like, I think, you know, I know a lot of stars feel like, Hey, we got to get 25 points. We got to get 30 points in the playoffs. If I don't get that, it doesn't matter. We talk about stars like that all the time. I guarantee you, Alex, when we preview one series, we're going to talk about a certain guy being underwhelming and will have to play much better in a series in order for their team to win. You probably know who I'm talking about. But, you know, that doesn't always mean you got to score 30 points. Carl Anthony Towns has to get out of his head that he has to score 30 points. Like, I don't think he has to do I think he could be. 20 and 10. I think he could be 19 and 10 because they have enough offensive punch, you know? So for me, I, I, I really buy that Carl Anthony Towns will be better. It may not be as pretty as his regular season, but I do think it will be a, we will see a better player than what we saw against the Clippers in the play. Sure. Um, just in the interest of keeping the train moving, because yeah. I agree, like for, just to bring it back to one real quick point, sure. you're right. When you're posting up, the easiest way to make space and create stuff for others is to off ball cut towards the basket, right? Because then you're drawing in a defender, another defender, someone will be wide open on the perimeter. Wide open. Right. We see this with Jokic all the time. It's one of the beauties of his game. That being said, um, for the Grizzlies aspect of this, we've yeah. talked about Dylan Brooks. He's going to mm-hmm. be a huge X factor. Massive. This is like kind of a Bulls question, but it's also about Ja. So if you're the Wolves, actually, I have a question. Like, this is a Wolves question. Do you remember how the um, Spurs used to guard Steve Nash in the 2000s? A little bit. So in the 2000s, the Spurs would say, hey, Steve, you're going to score all the points, but you're not getting any assist, right? We're just going to let you score, you know, 50 points a game. Right. And Ja scores more than Steve Nash did, right? Like Ja's, 100%. I wouldn't say a better score because Steve Nash was a really good scorer, but he just did never put his mind to it, right? Right. Um, if you're the Wolves, do you think that kind of strategy would work against Ja? Wow. Um, I mean, I think the strategy works if you have decent enough defensive personnel. And with all due respect to the Timberwolves, I, and I love this team, I just, I don't think of defensive personnel. I mean, that's right. not, it's not, you know, and I, so while I do think that strategy has an opportunity of, of working, this is just not the right team here. Um, they're, they're just going to blitz, they're going to blitz the crap out of them. And I honestly think it's going to work. I, I really act. I'm like, 
100% convinced it's going to work. John Moran against the Blitz. I don't know if you've been, you know, reading and seeing these stats, Alex, but he is bad against Blitzes. He's really bad. And I think that has a chance to favor, um, you know, the Timberwolves, their defensive pressure and aggressiveness if they get that chance. Um, and I'm curious, and, and I think, but in terms of how they defended Nash, I just can't, I just don't think they have the personnel. I just, I just don't. That's fair. Um, I mean, so let's just, in the interest of moving the train along, prediction time, who do you got in this series? I'll start. I'll start. Yeah, go for it. I got Grizzlies in six. I think the Wolves are really good, right? They've had a phenomenal season. I just don't think, like you said, the defensive personnel, I think the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies can punish you in a lot of ways. Yep. They... They don't have a second score. What they have are a lot of good fourth scorers, right? If those guys were the fourth scorer on your team, you'd right. be ecstatic, right? If Desmond Bain was your fourth guy, oh my gosh, you're winning the championship. If Dylan Brooks was your fourth guy, you'd be like, why is this guy taking so many shots? But damn, we're in a good spot. You know, you yeah. if Jaron Jackson was your fourth guy, you'd be like, oh my God, we're in such a great spot. We're winning like three championships. Exactly. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's the level of personnel that the Grizzlies have. Yeah. And they also have the best bench in the league, right? They have uh, yes. They yes. have Tyus Jones. They have, you know, Clark and Tillman. They have you, Kyle Anderson is coming off their bench. They have right. 10 legit players. 10. And the Wolves have what? Seven? So seven, eight. Yeah, seven, eight. Simple math. I think the Wolves are talented enough to take a game or two. I think... Anthony Edwards will have a monster series. I think Carl Anthony Towns needs to play well in the loss for them to inspire confidence in him going forward. And so I think six games. What What do you think? I want to take seven so bad, but I, I so bad, but I'm not. I'm taking, I'm doing exactly what you did. I'm taking the Grizzlies in six, but I, I mean, you could easily, I mean, I just, you know, I feel about the Timberwolves. I'm not letting my bias get in there. Six Grizzlies at six. I mean, it, that one hurt your soul. I could tell, but listen, I, it, it really did. <laughs> you know what's better for your soul? Being truthful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, listen, man. I mean, it's tough. It's These season. next two series aren't too. I'm particularly like looking forward to previewing. So okay. let's just get let's get Nuggets Warriors out of the way. Caleb, I think this is going to be a bloodbath. I I think Steph Curry's coming back. Jamal Murray isn't coming back. Jokic is great. I think we might see a repeat of what happened in the Sun Series last year. Hmm. Hmm. So you not not you don't give him a chance. You're not giving him a chance. <laughs> I think I mean how can you right like? Well, okay. Caleb, we think Will Barton's a nice player, right? Okay. Yeah. Is he a, is he a top 100 player? I wouldn't say so. You might have him at like no. 101 or like 110. I don't think he's a top 100 player. Aaron Gordon's really nice. Remember what happened last year when the mm-hmm. Suns made him a scorer? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't go well. No. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is not any close to coming back. Jamal Murray's been officially ruled out for game one. I, I just, Caleb, I just don't feel like this Denver team has enough firepower alongside Jokic to win a game. And I feel like Steph Curry is going to, their guard defense is low key horrible, right? We saw it, it is, last year. It is. Phoenix. It's really bad. And who are like this? It's actually kind of the same as I think as Phoenix, yeah. right? 
who are their best scorers? It's Jordan Poole and right. it's Steph Curry in addition right. to Clay, right? right? Who is, you know, 40% of old Clay, but 40% of old Clay still gets guarded like 100% of old Clay. So <laughs> I, it's, that's unfair. I'll give him 60% of old Clay. So he's really turned it around as the season went along. Right. Um, Caleb, I mean, I, I just feel like we're due for a redux of what happened last year. Like, I feel like we kind of got teased a little bit, right? Like Jamal Murray. Oh, he might be coming back. Oh, he might be coming back. They should have just pulled the plug. Like, honestly, just stop messing with our time. <laughs> you know, Jokic had an incredible year. He's going to lose in the first round. I, I, I really don't see any other way this is going to go. How do you feel about this series? <laughs> wow. Um, complete opposite. Wow. Complete opposite. Uh, complete You're higher opposite. on this than I am? Complete opposite, and they win the series. Wow. What? <laughs> okay. Okay. You're you're not trolling me, right? I am absolutely not. I, I am absolutely not doing that. Okay. Give um, me the case. I will. Um, I think everybody's criticized it all year. Uh, where's the size? Where's the size? Where's the size? Where's the size of the Golden State Warriors? Nikola Jokic could be averaging a series, Alex, in my personal opinion, that we could remember for the rest of our lives. I genuinely believe that. I think he has the ability to do that in the series. I just don't think they have an answer for him. And I, I think they cannot throw anybody at him. Uh, I, I don't I don't believe, I, I think Draymond Green's a great defender. Uh, but if I'm relying on Draymond Green and the way that he's coming off injuries, I'm not really sitting there like, oh, we got this, we got this. Um, I, I don't like that. I don't want to put that pressure on him. Uh, I think Looney cannot hold up. I think that Jokic could just be a one-man wrecking crew. And I also believe that I get what you're saying. They don't have perimeter defense. They don't have perimeter defense. Um, I think Mike Malone is an elite coach. He will put his guys in the right plan, in the right position. I'm a gigantic. I think Monte Morris is really good in big games. And he's shown in his career, he's a very good playoff player. I think he will step up. I think he will have very good games in this series. I think Aaron Gordon has a chance to really do something big in this series. I know you've been high on him since he's gotten to Denver. I like what he could present in this series. If Draymond Green is not at that high, high level of health and this team in terms of versatility is not where they are health-wise, I just think there's players on this team, Alex, that can, can really do something, that can carry over. And I, I like... I, I just, I think this is a team, Alex, that is getting, and I get it. They don't have their guys back. I think they're getting incredibly sucked on in the series. And I think the Warriors are getting overhyped in the series. The Warriors are not a team in the second half. They have not played well. They have not played well. So again, this is a down, this is, this is a disappointing season. I'm going to say worse. If anybody tells me otherwise, I think that's ridiculous. I don't care about the injuries. I don't care. This is a disappointing season. You had people in the first half of the year, Alex, before the All-Star game saying they were running away with the championship. Yeah. You had people on ESPN, you had people on ESPN saying they were going to go win a championship. They were going to win it all. Their, their offense was a thrive. Where is that now? Right? Where is that now? I just don't think it's the same. I think Steph Curry's health is a real thing. I don't, I think he's going to be on minutes restriction a decent amount. Steve Kerr, as far as I'm concerned, said he wouldn't even play 30 minutes right now. 
that's a big deal to me. And I and I think I think Denver can make them pay because I think Golden State will think they can get over the top. And I think Jokic just has that willpower to go out and beat him. So I see all, all your points are well taken, right? All your points. I do think the Nuggets have a massive size advantage. Massive, right? Between their front court, right? You didn't even mention your guy, Jeff Green, right? Jamichael Green. Their front court is huge. Huge. But I think that this is going to be an interesting clash of styles because Jordan Poole has really taken a step forward this year. And he's been legitimately good, especially I know that they've struggled. He was not struggling. He took those, you know, the, the, um, the reins, so to speak. And he really made not it. He didn't make it his, his team because that would be really hard. I just think to me, Jordan Poole is a guy that's going to be really hard for the Nuggets to guard. And I think, you know, they're going to be throwing so much defensive attention on Steph that Jordan Poole is probably going to average 25, 30 points in the series. Like maybe not that much, but he'll average over 20 a game in the series. Okay. And I yeah. think. I think Warriors small ball versus Nuggets big ball is going to be, you know, you've talked me into liking the series because I was not looking forward to it coming in, but I do think Jokic is such an incredible, like no one can stop him right now. Like we Absolutely always heard, oh, Anthony, not. Anthony Davis, Nicole Jokic stopper. No. Dwight no. Howard, Anthony Davis stopper. No, no. Or, sorry. I said Anthony Davis stopper. Jokic I know what you stopper. mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I meant, but yeah, I just want, I wanted to clarify my little, little misstep there. Yeah. No one can stop Jokic right now. Least of all, it, watching Draymond on him will be fascinating, right? Because Draymond is the greatest defensive player of the past 10 years, I want to say. Like, yeah. He's yeah. been, ever since he came into the league, he's defined the defense, right? So, but a lot of that has been help side defense and not one on one defense. So you can't double team Jokic. No, you can't. No, you can't. Like as much as I'm crapping on these guys, you can't leave them open on offense, right? They're a really good shooting team. Yeah. So <laughs> you're right. I'm more convinced about the quality of this series now. That being said, I won't take Golden State in a sweep. Right, let's just go ahead and no, move on to fair. predictions. That's just fair. to keep the train rolling. Yeah. I know you have the nuggets. I'll let you give your prediction in a second. Sure. I moved the line. Golden State in six. Um, wow, that's that's a jump. <laughs> that's a it huge is a, jump. I, you I talked did me into, for you? you. You talked me into it because. Okay, okay. wow. I, I see where you're coming from for sure. It's just for me, I can't get over the fact that the Warriors, trying to find the right way to say this, just it feels like their skill in the perimeter is greater than Denver's skill in the front court. That being said, what is your prediction for Nuggets Warriors? Uh, seven games. I mean, I, games. I, don't, I don't, I do not think that Denver can pull this out in six. Uh, let me be, I, I don't, and I don't think Denver can pull it out in five. I, I just believe it's a seven game series. Um, and like I said, I, I am ready to witness. I honestly believe history is coming upon us and it starts on Saturday. And we all better be watching. I mean, I just, my expectations for Nicolio Kitchen this postseason are really high because I just think you look at what he's been doing this season and what I think he can do in this series. I just, I am, I, I am huge on what Denver can do against the Warriors. And, and I, and I, and don't get me wrong. 
would would it shock me if Golden State won? Absolutely not. Okay, I don't want to dismiss them. Obviously, it's Steph Curry, Steve Kerr. This team has been championship built, and and there's no there's no doubt about it. Okay, but I just I just think that the injuries combined with to me um, their 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 de- I think their defense has not been as as good as you want, and I just I just think it's got a combination of being a little spoiler. That's, and, and, and we have some of those in the playoffs, and I just think this is it. And I, I just want to make a real quick point. So last year, I feel like um, DeAndre Ayton got lauded as a Jokic stopper, you know, especially oh. after the like after the series. You know, it was a sweep. Jokic's average is in that series, right? Twenty five points a game, thirteen point three rebounds, six assists. He only had eight turnovers, so twenty like a three to one assist to turnover ratio. And you know why his average was so low? It's because he got ejected in game four. Yeah, it was a dumb foul. It was a dumb foul. He shouldn't have hit campaign like that. But let's not act like Aiton did a good job of holding him. He was still blowing by. Like that's Jokic is sneaky quick. Jokic yes, was blown yes. by Aiden. Oh, I yeah. wanted to do the revisionist history on that because it feels like everyone was talking about how how great Aiden was on Jokic in that series. No, he really wasn't. Like it, he was very good in the series. Don't get me wrong. Aiden, but he just, yeah, he just Jokic. Jokic was unbelievable the whole series. It was. It yeah. was. Jokic shot like garbage from the outside. He missed six free throws and he shot five of eighteen from three. That's that's it right there. That's it. That's all you need that's, to know. That's it. And <laughs> that's all you need to know, folks. <laughs> all respect to you, DeAndre Aiden. You deserve that max contract. I oh, just you totally I, do. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Right. Let's let's go ahead and move on to the Jazz Maps series. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah. There's. I feel like there's a lot to dissect in this one, Caleb. But yeah, let's babe. start with this, and it's something I've been talking to you about. It feels like we're witnessing the end of the Utah Jazz era. Right, like this Utah Jazz era. Rudy Gobert has been a starter, like been their starting center since 2015. Right, he was drafted there in 2013. Yeah, um, I don't remember when exactly he came over, but long time. He's been in Utah for a long time. You know, when he was playing over Cantor, this is going to shock you. His defensive stats were better than Cantor's. Um, Mitchell, like first you had the Gordon Hayward era in Utah, right, where you have. You know, Ingles just comes over and you have Gobert, Hayward, and Ingles. And then Joe Johnson ends the Lab City Clippers. And then Hayward leaves for Boston. And then Mitchell comes along, right? And we've been dealing with the Mitchell-Gobert pairing now. I want to say this is the fifth season. Yeah. Like, and Caleb, it just feels like, just to make a larger point before we move into the minutia of the series. Yeah. Like, it feels like it's too long, right? For it to not have borne any fruit. And I feel like that's why this team is on the precipice of collapse. Do you, how do you feel about that statement before we move on to the series? I think Quinn Snyder is a great coach. I just want to say that. I think Quinn Snyder is a great coach. But I feel like you can copy and paste what they want to do every single year. They've had no flavor no different direction of what they want to be. They haven't really said, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z a little more compared to this. Um, From a scheme and strategy standpoint, they're the same team. 
Like they aren't, they aren't changing things from a schematic standpoint. So while I agree with you, the players have been together for a really long time. I do think coaching, there needs to be some criticism on Snyder. Um, I, I think Quinn Snyder should go get a job immediately if he leaves or if something happens, please let me know. I think he's an elite coach. I'm just saying, I think that does need to be said. I, I am of the belief, Alex, that Utah, I'm not so like, I'm not sitting here saying, well, they're going to leave because Donovan and Rudy are frustrated at each other. I'm not going to go there. I think that's just, it gets over and done with. If it was going to happen, Alex, it was going to happen. And it was going to happen in the off season. It was going to happen in the off season. They're going to trade them in the off season. They didn't do it. So, um, and, and I think for me, um, when I think about this, when I think about this pairing, I do think it's pr- probably going to move on. They're probably going to go somewhere else. We're going to see some shifts in identity, uh, a refocus of their team. And I, I think it'll probably be good for them. Um, I think it'll be good for them. Maybe they got to go out and trade a player. They don't want to trade, you know, cause it's hard to land. It's it, much as I like to, I'm not the biggest Rudy guy. I think he's, I like him more than most people in this network, but I don't, I don't like him as, as much as, you know, you probably lead our charge, but I'm kind of sitting there just like, really like it's you. And then it's like a huge drop off and then it's me. And then there's a huge drop off and then there's everybody else in our, in our network. Right. Um, Gobert to me, it, it, that's a player that Utah is not, that it's hard to get anybody who's been a multiple time all-star to go to Utah through the draft. Um, same with Donovan. But sometimes I just think things have run its course. And that's all this is. Uh, I, I really, I think that's really all this is. I don't think it has anything to do with some partnership. I don't buy that um, as much as everybody wants to throw out there. I just think things have run its course. And if you can't make it out of the first round again, um, then I think you really got to make the move. Yeah. And Rudy Gobert just... I don't love him by any means. I, you forgot Dylan Hughes is a very big Rudy Gobert supporter too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he is. Yes, he, yes, he is. He and I, I think Rudy is getting paid too much, right? I think Rudy should probably be getting like more than Jaron Jackson because I think he's better than Jaron Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Like, like not Supermax, right? But no. Let's just start there. No. Um, God, no, no. Rudy to me... <laughs> He can transform your defense, but there are matchups where he would be bad against. And let's this I'll use this as a jumping in point for this series. Yeah. He just like, what's the use for him in this series? The Mavericks aren't like a super big rim team. Right. Right. They they don't live and die at the rim. Like Luca is going to do a lot of his damage off of jump shots if he even plays. Right. Let's just presume he is playing. I, I am. Yes. So like. Dinwiddie does a lot of his damage off the dribble pull-up, right? Brunson does a lot of his damage off the dribble pull-up. So automatically Utah's at a disadvantage because their defenders aren't going to fight over screens, right? And this is what I coach Jason Maples made this point on Twitter. And I think it's an important, important one to note. It's like Rudy deserves a lot of the hate he's getting, (laughs) but yeah. Yes. The Utah um, perimeter defenders make his life a living hell. Yes, they right? do. Yes, they and do. they're so they're so bad, Caleb. I'm willing to give Spencer Dinwiddie a game swinging like game in Dallas before Luca could potentially come back. Right, right. 
Right. I'm willing to give Dinwiddie that enough benefit of the doubt because yeah. their defenders are so bad. Right. And that's the problem that everyone's just kind of like banging their heads against the wall and refusing to acknowledge yeah. and hating Rudy Gobert. Like you would hate Rudy Gobert, fine. But yeah. at least acknowledge the other stuff on this Jazz team is not suited for his strengths. No, it's not. Like he is being... I'm trying to find the right way to say this. You can take Rudy out of the game because his teammates are so bad, right? That Terrence Mann game from last playoffs, all on Donovan Mitchell, all on Boyan Bogdanovich. Joe Ingles, not the guy he used to be, right? Yeah. Mike Conley, (laughs) Jordan Clarkson, George Niang, who, by the way, Sixers fans are in for a rude awakening when that guy is playing 20 minutes against the playoffs. Right. Um, Caleb, this Jazz perimeter defense is so bad. Like, I'm still favoring the Mavs in this series. Yes, you should. It's legitimately... The fact that they have a top 10 defense this year, I think it might have been 12th, right? I'm going off of memory here. Yeah. The fact that the Jazz had a top 12 defense is all because of Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah. You put him on a team, right? Let's just say he goes to the Mavericks next year. Sure. You put him on a team where they actually defend their spots and fight over screens and don't just get beat on lazy back cuts, <laughs> they might be the best defense in the league next year. So mm. I, I'm just going to go ahead and give my prediction now. Cause I feel like we did a lot of talking and we need to move on <laughs> to try to brisk in the pace a little bit. I'm going Mavs and six and it's, it's all because the jazz's perimeter defense is just not up to par. And to bring it back to something you said earlier, their offensive system is copy paste Dan Tony Ball in Houston, right? Copy paste when with Gobert in the Capella role and Mitchell in the Harden role. But Mitchell can't pass. Mitchell yeah. can't pass like a quarter. A quarter might even be too much, like an eighth yeah. as well as Harden yeah. can't. Right? That's right. the biggest barrier for me between Mitchell being a star and a superstar. Yeah. If he could pass, he's like a superstar, but he doesn't pass and he doesn't play defense. And that to me is holding him back from being a legitimate superstar. Well, okay. So I, I am. So I agree with you hundred percent. I'm actually giving Utah seven, not six. Um, I think, I think Mitchell is, I, I, I get it. I get the idea of you wish he was a better passer. You wish he was a playmaker. Um, you wish he could set people up better. Um, see, I would counter and say, I would counter and say, while I do think that is an issue, I don't think Utah's personnel is all that great. It's not. And, and it's, and so because, and so I'm not, I, I don't, I just, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not. Cause I, I do agree with you. I wish he was a better passer and I, and I am, I'm a big Mitchell guy. I just feel that people and I, and, and it's a combination of probably they're in Utah and it's just tough to get players there and whatever. Uh, but my goodness, I think you surround him with a different, I think you're similar to Rudy Gobert. You send him with a different, you send him with a different group. And I think we are talking about him like superstar. So I think for me, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thing of, Again, just goes kind of back to our point. I just think this group is just not where it needs to be. Um, and I am with the assumption that Luca is back. Luca is the best player in the series. 
Dallas is really strong defensively. And I just like, I just, I like a lot of their players in this series, like a lot. Um, like you said, Spencer Dinwiddie, I agree. Uh, Jalen Brunson, teams better hope that, that that contract, that that expectation of the negotiation doesn't jump up higher and higher after the series. Um, I think Reggie Bullock can swing a series. They don't got a freaking guy that's willing to run off the ball. Are you kidding me, Alex? You think you th- you think Bogdanovich or you think you think guys like that are going to want to run on defense? Let me give you that answer. Heck no. We've seen it too many times. I th- I think I think this is a team that will be giving Utah fits. I think they will split. I think Utah. I think Dallas will split if they don't win the first two games. Uh, so if I, I so for me it's a one one series. It's going to Dallas or going to Utah. Luka comes back. I'm assuming Doncic will come back. I am. A lot of it is. Luka Doncic does not come back. Utah's winning series. But so that, let's just get that off for me. I just I can't go there. But I do think with Luka coming back, they should win this series, and I think they will win this series in seven games. I I think Dallas is winning. The Jazz are just so disconnected, and I'm a bigger Bogdanovich fan than you, right? I think we both would agree on that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But Bogdanovich to me is kind of like Tobias Harris, right? Where all he really does is scoring. And Bogdanovich is better at the more complimentary aspects of scoring, right? Bogdanovich is a way better spot-up shooter to me than Tobias Harris is. He's way better at like abusing a mismatch than Tobias is. I just feel like... He's right. not the guy for this team, right? And I understand, you know, you yeah. have a hard time bringing free agents to Utah, so you get Boyan Bogdanovich, who was great in Indiana, and who's really, I don't know how he turned his career around after what happened in Washington, but <laughs> kudos to him, because whatever yeah. he did, it worked. Um, I, I just, <sighs> it's hard watching him play perimeter defense, right? It's hard watching... You know, Nikhil Alexander Walker not work. It's hard watching the Rudy Gay experiment fail. It's hard watching, you know, Hassan Whiteside do exactly what we thought Hassan Whiteside was going to do. You know, I, I had to get that shot in there, but I, just, I don't trust this team. I have no faith in this team, Caleb. And I, that's really all there is to it. Um, let's yeah. go ahead and move to the Eastern Conference. Let's go ahead and move to the Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets. Oh gosh! And I think <laughs> oh gosh, this series is. I was hoping you'd be, wait. <laughs> I mean, we could do Bucks Bulls real quick. We could get that one out of the way. <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and let's just okay. get, let's get Bucks Bulls out of the way. Okay, Caleb. I don't really have much deep insight into this series. Giannis is going to crush them. I mean, do you have any like grand insights into this series? Is there any way the Bulls win more than a game? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I told you, like I I like you know, when it comes to Chicago, I know that they have not been great against winning teams. Even me saying that is not really <laughs> as honest as it should be. They've, they've been horrible against great winning teams. And while I do think Giannis is, is, is by far the best player in the series. I, I just, <laughs> I just, I think I, I'm not going to underestimate a very hungry franchise and a very hungry fan base. 
Uh, I think they can switch. I think they can flip the script and win some games that they shouldn't. Um, I think that you go back to the history. I think you and I've talked about this Milwaukee in, in game ones. It's not great for them. Uh, I think, I think if, if Chicago pulls the punch out in game one, they take a game, they go up, they go up one, nothing. They set the tone. They set the competitiveness. No reason they can't get another game in Chicago. There's no reason that fan base will be absolutely hungry because they have not seen quality ownership and quality basketball for like five or six, however long it is, you know, it better than I do, Alex. I just think they are going to be very hungry. And I think Zach Levine uh, is going to be looking to really put himself. I mean, you know, I, I know he's already a guy people know, but I'm just saying, like, I think he's really going to put that stamp on national television to do his thing in the playoffs. I think DeMar will come in. I know in Toronto, you, a lot of people have different things to say about his playoff experience, but you know, I think he's got a chance to be really good. And I honestly think that Nikola Vucevic could have a very, very good series. And I, I especially offensively. So I like what Chicago can do. I have them in six games. I have them in six games. Uh, but I think this series is not a, uh, not a, not something Milwaukee. Like, I do not think Milwaukee will blow them out. Like, I don't think that. I just think, I think every game's competitive. I think every game's going to be, you know, they might pull away like like I could see Milwaukee be close and then like the last five minutes, they just own it like that kind of stuff. hundred percent agree. Um, but I, I just I just think Chicago will make it a little more interesting than what people realize. And yeah, I would be inclined to agree with you if Lonzo was healthy. That's my only holdup is that Lonzo was kind of like the glue holding this all together. And then once he got hurt and once AC got hurt and there was a lot of stuff that went wrong with their season, right? Once Lonzo got hurt, I knew it was done. And once I, once he was out the rest of the year, there's, I just don't have faith in this team, right? Because all their defense starts on the perimeter, right? All their defense is perimeter oriented. Yeah. And you lost one of the, Lonzo was going to make all defense team this year. Like he probably would have been first team all defense on guard. Yeah. Yeah. He was ridiculous this year, but he didn't because he only played 35 games. Yeah. Right. And you know, it sucks that he wasn't able to last the whole season, but when your hopes and dreams rely on the, like probably the, I mean, Lonzo is probably a top 60 player, but he's probably at 60. Right. Right. So when your hopes and dreams rely on the 60th best players in the NBA, that's a problem. I think that the Vooch spot is a massive, massive problem against the Bucks. Right. What were the teams that had the best success against Giannis last year? I mean, okay. Nobody really had success against Giannis last year. Right. Right. So, I mean, Bam Bam Loki did a great job on Giannis in the first round, but Bryn right. Forbes just cooked them alive. So right. we're not going to discuss that. Yeah. Um, you just need bodies to throw at Giannis, right? That's yeah. And who are the bulls bodies? I mean, Tristan Thompson will give you six fouls, but he'll probably get dunked on six times. Vucevic. No, he's hard man. He won't guard him. I, I, like, I don't even know if they can afford it. Patrick Williams, this is going to be the biggest test of Patrick Williams. Yes. Right? Yes. He is going to need to be that guy. And I don't think it's unfair to expect a second year guy to be that guy. And that's my Fair. that's my biggest concern Fair. is because 
Pat only has six fouls. Tristan only has six fouls. Who's your guy after? I mean, Javante Green's six five. I like Giannis Javante is almost. Green. I like I like Javante Green too. Giannis is seven feet tall. Javante Green is six five. Like, <laughs> but I, but but you, but they don't. But they're, you're not gonna any any team that plays Giannis though, Alex. I mean, you can't. You you know this too. I'm not trying to say you don't know. I'm saying mm-hmm. you know you're gonna you're gonna double him. You're gonna mix things up. You're gonna give him different looks. So. To me, it's just can you can you just have somebody who is uh, like Giannis? If it's because I think this is the history of Giannis. To be quite honest, uh, you know, for the most part, I think you know last year he kind of ended that a little bit, but I still think he had his moments where he settled too much. And you know, there's there's to me when you have a guy like a Javante Green, maybe a chance we see some Derek Jones, uh, maybe we see some things where we just we just get. There's going to be a lot of creativity there, and and I, I think with Chicago, it, it's not. They've got enough guys, in my opinion. You're not going to limit. You're not going to really stop him. He's going to have his way. But do I think that Chicago's offensive? I think Chicago might have enough offensively, you know, where Giannis might not have two decent games or whatever, and or two great Giannis games, and Chicago might be able to take advantage. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I just, I, I, I just, I don't think he's just going to sit there. Like I'm not as crazy as some. I don't think he's going to. In my personal opinion, I do not think he's going to average like 35 or 40 every single game. And I think, and that's kind of that kind of comes with the skill set, in my opinion. So because of that, I think if you're Chicago, you can steal a couple of games, and and that because I think they can match up with everybody else for the most part. I don't get Drew Holiday's not where he's been this season, in my opinion, and a lot of bad and good. And I like Middleton, but I think I'm, I'm not sitting there like afraid of Middleton right now. If I'm the bulls, I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not like I'm not saying he can't just, you know, he won't play well, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think this series is more competitive than what people expect. I do. First counterpoint, Giannis did average 35 points a game in a series last year. Can you guess which one? Oh God. Um, I mean, it felt like every series in America. Um, we'll go finals. Yes, it was the finals. Yeah, finals. 35.2 points a game. Yeah. Um, I think he might not try as hard. I think that's a point you hit on that I would probably agree with. But we saw like last year, right? He averaged 23.5 in the first round against the Heat. And he also averaged eight assists a game. Right. Giannis is at the point where if you try to double team him, he's a good enough passer where he'll hurt you in that regard. Yeah. So (laughs) he's just impossible to stop at this point. Yeah. 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 I can see where you're coming from on the other guys, but like Grayson Allen, you can't leave open. Right. No. And also these teams have history, right? Not just, you know, Grayson Allen and Caruso, right? That's not great. I don't support what Grayson Allen did in any way, shape or form. Let me make that abundantly clear. Do you, it's been a while, Caleb. Yeah. But Giannis's first playoff appearance. Yeah. Do you remember who they played? Wow. No. It was the Chicago Bulls. It was that team with Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose, Pau Gasol, Mike Dunleavy, right? That name ring a bell? (laughs) Wow. Wow. That was Giannis's first playoff series, right? That's crazy. Holy Giannis, what's one thing we figured out about Giannis in the past year, right? That killer instinct is real. 
Like he wants to destroy you. And I think if he's as crazy as I think he is, which we don't know, obviously, because I don't know him personally, but I'm guessing he remembers Mike Dunleavy, right? I'm guessing he remembers, you know, how that series went down, how, because the bulls in the last game of that series, Caleb, the, there was a lot of stuff going on in that series. Yeah. Game six of that series, Caleb, the bulls won 120 to 66, right? Mm. It was almost a 60 point blowout Mm. in a game six. Mm. (laughs) And I'm Mm. just saying, I don't think Giannis Mm. is going to forget that. Mm. And add to the fact Giannis Mm. first couple of years in the NBA, all Bucks games were basically like any games versus the sure. Bulls in Milwaukee were basically Bulls home games. Right. 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 So. Wow. Yeah. What I'm saying is. Yeah. Is that I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of extra chip on his shoulder. Just a little. Yeah. For that first round. Yeah. And he wants to destroy them. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me either if he goes like if he's like this is for the best of the team. I'll do 23, 15 and eight like I did against the Heat. Right. But I'm just saying there's history there. Right. I don't think he likes the Bulls. And I don't think the Bulls like him. So I'm going to roll with Milwaukee in five. I don't think it'll be a sweep. Because I think the Bulls will. I think they're too talented to not grab a game. Right. You have DeMar and Levine. You have probably the two best pure scorers on the court. But... Giannis is Giannis, man. And it's hard to pick against him in a series. So... I'm going with the Bucks there. What is your prediction for this series? Uh, just Bucks. Uh, for me, it's Bucks and six. Bucks and six. Shout out to Brandon Jennings. <laughs> oh Brandon gosh. Jennings. I can't. That was amazing last year when they made him like the funeral or not funeral guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the, what um, you, yeah, the parade route hero. That was hilarious. Yeah. Celtics Nets. Caleb. Back yeah. to circling back to the series. Okay. This is a fascinating series to me because Robert Williams. <laughs> I'm gonna check the injury report real quick. Yeah. Um, what a Robert, series. Robert Williams. There's a very real possibility Robert Williams returns around one, according to Woj. Huge. Let's <laughs> assume that Rob Williams doesn't return. So you have Al Horford and Daniel Tice as your big man rotation. You know, not great, but it not could great. be worse. Yeah. It, it could be worse. Um, yeah. You have Tatum and Brown and Smart still. Yeah. You still have Derek White. Yeah. This is my thing with the Nets. And well, this is where we'll start, Caleb. Okay. The Nets are going to get 60 from Katie and Kyrie. They might get 70. Every right? game? Every game. Okay. They are going to get at least 60 from both of those guys. Wow. This is my question to you, Caleb. Okay. Where do they get? They're going to give up 120. Yes, they are. Where do the Nets get that other 61 to win the game? That's just my basic question going that's, into the series. And, yeah. And, and, and I, and I think that's the, the question you got to answer and you got to answer confidently. Um, you know, a guy that we would, you know, probably have said if he was a little healthier and maybe he does this for a couple of games, but Seth Curry, um, a guy that could maybe have a couple nights shooting wise that puts you in a good position. Um, maybe some rim roll action, me, Bruce Brown's finding a way to get you, um, you know, maybe 10 to 12. Um, it's going to have to be, I guess that's, it's, it's really dependent on, and just a multitude of players kind of coming in and making plays happen. 
and they are going to have to be better on defense. And I, I believe, see, I believe they're going to be better on defense than what people think. I think they're going to, I think they're going to be, I think, I think, you know, we, they, they haven't done it as much. And Alex, you know, I honestly really wasn't concerned about Boston for even the time they were struggled. I really wasn't that concerned, but Boston has the tendency to go heavy isolation and that, that will help the Brooklyn Nets, a bad defensive team, because it's when you go, I mean, I understand Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are great players. Um, the second best player and the fourth best player in the series uh, to be specific. But I just think that, you know, there's going to be games where they're going to bail them out, Alex, because they're going to try to isolate the whole time. And to me, they might have some nights where that number is like a hundred and that's all they need. That's all they need, Alex, because I, like you said, you can get, you could almost guarantee money in the bank. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are at 60 points. And I think you would agree with this too. That number probably could be higher than that. There's going to be some nights where Durant's just going to sit there and say, let me drop four. There's going to be some nights where Kyrie Irving says, I'll be as efficient as I was against Cleveland in our play-in game. And I will just go crazy. Um, I just, to me, I, I honestly think Boston, where it could help Brooklyn is Boston might beat themselves a little bit with too much isolation. So then at that point, I think that drops the point total. But I agree with you. I think Brooklyn's bad defensively. They're really bad. And um, I was listening to a podcast today, and I totally agree with it. I need to see Nick Claxton out there all the time for, for the Brooklyn Nets. He's got to be in there. He's got to be in there. Uh, if they play Andre Drummond in, he's going to get roasted in the oven for six games. It's this is my problem with the Nets, right? Yeah, is that they are a fundamentally small team. Yes, they are. And to be fair, the Celtics are kind of small too, right? Yeah, Robert, especially without Robert Williams. Right. I just believe <laughs> that Tatum is going to have a size mismatch because who's Katie going to guard? Right. Let's just say yeah. you use Katie in that weak side rim protector role. Yeah. Then you take him off the ball and. You can kind of scheme Katie out of the action and you can use Tatum as a one-on-one ISO scorer, right? Tatum's really comfortable getting into that sidestep, get into that, um, yeah. you know, mid-range pull-up. He's been really good in all aspects of the game this year. You know, Nick Claxton is out there. Nick Claxton is tiny, right? Like weight size, not height size. But, you know, Horford could just post him up. Right. Yeah. Horford's been in the game for 15 years. He has all the tricks in the book at this point. Right. You know, why wouldn't you just say, hey, Al, go post him up, you know, go. Sure. Go body him out of the way. Sure. That's a viable approach against Nick Claxton. Right. Yeah. And then when Drummond's out there, Drummond is like a C on defense. Right. C. Yeah. You know, he can get you a lot of steals. He. Blocks, he gets more steals than he blocks shots, but you know, he's always been that way. Yeah. Um, he might draw a couple charges, but he's just kind of out there and you can right. scheme him out of the way. Seth Curry, not good on defense. Patty Mills, you know, bless his heart, not good on defense. 
Right. They cut a lot of the guys that were good on defense. They cut Javon Carter. They cut, you know, James Johnson. They cut, you know, DeAndre Bembry, who, you know, tore his ACL. Otherwise, I'd say right. he'd be an integral part of the Milwaukee championship run. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Goran Dragic is playing a lot for this team, right? And I know you yeah. weren't a huge fan of that signing. No, I wasn't. No, so, I wasn't. And plus, Blake Griffin isn't even playing Last yeah. year, he was their best Giannis defender, and yeah. he got torched. <laughs> right. Right? God and then yeah. the, LaMarcus Aldridge, we didn't get to see him in the playoffs last year. That could be ugly. Um, Any LaMarcus minutes are going to be just bad. Bad. So, really Especially bad. on the defensive end. Like, he's going to yeah. get you points, but he'll give them back up on the other right. side. Yeah. So, it's not so much like – and Ben Simmons, right? <laughs> He could come back. Yeah. But yeah. what is he going to do? Yeah. He's not going to play that Draymond off-ball role. No. His impact is all on ball, right? And the Celtics have two guys. Oh, hey, you're taking away Jason Tatum? Here, Jalen Brown, go torch these guys, right? You have Marcus yeah. Smart who can put the ball in the basket. You have Derek right. White who can put the ball in the basket. So one guy isn't – you can't just <laughs> – it would kind of be like putting a, you know, a bandaid on a sinking ship, right? Yeah. It would fix yeah. It would fix a little bit of the problem, but it wouldn't fix the whole problem. So I just don't see a way that the Nets can reasonably foster a good defense out of like any situation they have. Yeah. And I, I think the Celtics are pretty potent on offense. Like they, you they are their, their tendency to delve into ISO ball, but they have moved the ball a lot better yeah, they since have. they've tightened the rotation. You know, no, no, no more D Smith, no more Langford, no more, you know, Cantor, no more free like, freedom, freedom. His mama named him Cantor. So I'm gonna call him Cantor. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> Caleb. I just, I respect the Nets. I respect the hell out of KD. I respect the hell out of Kyrie. Yeah. I don't see any way they win this series. I just, I, I can't foster any way in my mind in which they can get enough stops to win the series. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I don't think you're crazy. I, I, I don't think you're crazy. Um, I think I, I just have, here's my big uh, right now. I got, I do think it's going to go deep. So I, I definitely, I definitely think it's going to go deep. I just, right now, here, here's where I'm at though. Here is where I'm at. And I'm, I'm, I, I do want to talk about this because I feel like you mentioned it, but I do think it's important. If we're assuming Robert Williams is coming back in this series, I believe Boston wins this series in six games. If Robert Williams doesn't come back, see, that's where I would argue that shifts the series and that shifts the series the other way. So I, I think, I, I think his impact can, I think his impact's ridiculously underrated. So I, I, I think, I think he is a huge part to the swing of the series um, and the length of the series. I, I think, I think Robert Williams needs to be back somehow, some way. Somehow, some way, he's got to be back. If he plays one game, they win. That's like seriously. That's how confident. That's how. That's how important it is. I think if he plays one game, they win. Robert Williams is just what he does will kill, bro. It'll kill him. What are they going? What are they going to do, Alex? 
Like even offensively, like that's, 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 he's just a different player to game plan for than Daniel Tyson Alward. Just is. He switches better. He gives you great roam and help defense, elite roaming and helping defense. And his ability to finish at the rim is second to none. I, I think he is a, a massive swing piece in this series. And even if he plays one game, fine. Fine. Um, so, to be honest, I'm, you know, with the assumption Robert Williams is going to play, give me Boston six. If, Robin, if Robert Williams does not play, give me Brooklyn seven. Okay. I do think Tatum is a lot more, like, important than you're giving him credit for. Last he is important. Four- yes. Yes. I, I don't want to deny that. I'm just saying, like, I just think, I just think that for me, when I look at this series, Alex, this is just, a, this is a situation where it's like, I don't, I'm not, this is where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can just take us to a place and just make us think, duh, duh. You know, they're, they're, they're two of the greatest offensive players we've ever seen. They have the ability to willpower their team. I, I, do you want to know why I've been expressing doubts? Sure. Three Saturdays. Actually, no. Was it even three? When the final four was played. So that would have been two weeks ago. That's, I can't believe it's only been two weeks since the yeah, final four. Insane. Yeah. But, you know, Caleb, between the two games going on, between um, Kansas Villanova and between Duke UNC, there was Brooklyn and Atlanta going on, right? Right. I watched Kevin Durant drop his career high, right? And they still lost. And they right. still lost yeah. because you can prop, you can, Guarantee KD will show up every time. Kyrie's just a little more inconsistent than that, right? And I'm not saying he's... I wouldn't call him an inconsistent player, right? But he's more of a wild card. Like, way more of a wild card than Kevin is. And I think that fear, just watching... Because I think Kyrie in that game shot like something 9 for 32 with no free throw attempts. Kyrie doesn't get to the free throw line. Right. He doesn't. So you're not going to be able to stop the bleeding that way. Kyrie is unstoppable, right? We saw that in the Cavs game. He just, he can get whatever he wants. And when he's going, no one can stop him. But what about when he's not going, right? And there's going to be a game where he's not going. There might be two games where he's not going. Boston might win a game where he's going. And that to me is the difference. And I think... Yeah, both these guys are liable to explode at any time, right? Yeah. I just, I don't trust their defense. I don't trust, I, when I was really concerned was when, another reason I was really concerned, after the play-in game, when Bruce Brown said what he said, when Bruce Brown was like, oh, they don't got Robert Williams, we're not scared of them, right? What should KD do in that situation? He should probably go, hey, you know, yeah, he's right. They're, we're not scared of them. KD showed them appropriate fear. And I don't think I like that for my superstar. I think I want my superstar going at their throat in the press conference. Fair. And I think being scared of giving them bulletin board material, I I'm, don't get this twisted. I'm not picking Boston to sweep them, right? I think it'll be Boston. I could see a world where they push them to seven. I would probably go Boston in six. I know I've been picking six a lot in this, but I just feel like Boston needs to take care of this in six games because I feel like in a game seven, I trust Kevin Durant. 
I trust Kyrie yeah, Irving. That's fair. But Caleb, I just feel like they're not going to get enough stops to get it to a game seven. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. I get it. I get it. And so you said you have Nets in seven. No, no. Nets in seven if Robert Williams does not play. Okay. So there's there's conditions on this. Very much so. Very much so. Okay, um, I respect that. Bo- Boston in six if he plays. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on to the last series. This is going to be long, but folks, this will be worth your listen. Even if the series have already started, I'll just say that. Um, if you're still around this far, please tweet at Zach Griffith 17. Please tweet him that James Dolan is your favorite owner. Um, I'm sure he'll he'll love that. You know, make sure you tweet him that and make sure you tweet at at Bryce Shaddy. I don't know what his last name is, but there's not a whole lot of people named Bryce Shaddy in the world. So you'll be able to find his app pretty easily. Yeah. Um, Make sure you tweet him that the Colts are going 0-17 this year. If you, it, just if you made it this far, you know, I would re- we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Sixers Raptors, Caleb. Um, this is going to be a fun series. A lot of Very. consensus. A lot of people picking the Raptors. You're a little higher on the 76ers than most people are, including myself. Why are you so high on them? Um, well, I, I'm, I'm high on them. I'm high on them because, because for me, when I look at when I look at this situation with Philly, I just think they've got a chance to really prove some people wrong. And and I think I think that when it comes to the you know the thing that, that they're gonna provide, I like what Embiid's gonna be able to do in this series. I'm not concerned about hey, um, you know, they haven't played against it. They've played against him really well. I think he's just going to show out. And I just think James Harden's going to have a good series. I think he's going to prove people wrong. I just think he's going to prove people wrong in this series. I think he's just going to make his stamp. Like, I, I, I know he's not the same player, but I just feel like he's going to have some moments here that's going to push Philly over the top. And, and, and I just think this team is, is they know what they need to do in the postseason. I think at least for one series, they get it done. So, I understand your optimism in James Harden, right? He's a Hall of Famer. He won MVP not even five seasons ago. This is my problem with James Harden, right? Especially since the Philadelphia trade. He just hasn't looked like the same guy, right? And after the first three games in in Philadelphia, where he was utterly incredible, right? No other descriptor probably would work for it. Um, he just hasn't been the same. <laughs> he dodged the Heat both times. I think they played the Heat twice, and those are the only two games he missed in a Sixers uniform, right? So after the Heat game, games his last seventeen games of the season, thirty six percent from the field, twenty nine percent from three. He still got to the foul line eight and a half times a game, right? Yeah. But the team they're playing, Caleb, the Raptors. The games against them. They played two games against the Raptors, I believe, while he was in. Actually, it might have only been one. No, it was two. First game against the Raptors, got to the foul line 10 times, lost, right? Only 17 points. Yeah. Second time, he only got to the foul line six times, three of 12, one of four from three, 13 points, lost. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me. So I want to believe in Harden, right? I think he is, like I said, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. Yeah. 
I just don't think he'll be able to get it done. And he, we have a history killed of James Harden not getting it done on the biggest stage. We have a history of this That's guy fair. not showing up when the moment's the biggest. And some of his biggest struggles this year have been in their worst losses, right? And they right. lost to Detroit. Do you remember when they lost to Detroit a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. I remember. Four of 15 from the field, two of nine from three, 18 points. Um, <laughs> against Phoenix, two of 11 from the field, got to the foul line eight times at the very least, but yeah. 14 points. He has to score, right? The The downside of this Simmons trade is that they lost probably their second most reliable scorer after yeah. Embiid. Right. And Embiid's great. I think Embiid is scheme proof at this point in terms of what the Raptors can do to him, right? The Raptors don't have Mark Gasol. They don't have Serge Ibaka. They can throw crazy traps at him, but Joel's smart enough. We've seen him figure it out before. I don't, I have complete and total faith in Joel Embiid. I right. don't have complete and total faith in James Harden. I think there's a coaching mismatch. I think the coaching mismatch is massive in this series. And I think like, okay, so the Sixers had the best player, right? You can make arguments. Siakam's the second best player in the series. Harden, I'll give you third best player, right? After that, Van Vliet, OG, Gary Trent, Scotty Barnes, all better, I would say, than Tyrese Maxey. You, I'll maybe give you Trent over Max, Maxey over Trent, but the other three are definitely better than Tyrese Maxey. Fair. And Tobias Harris turns into a pumpkin every <laughs> every spring. I don't know what's his deal. I that's fair. I, I mean, I get Joel it. And, Caleb, it's, this is my problem, right? I want Joel Embiid to win. I really do. Yeah. I want him to be successful because he is such an awesome player. The problem is, is that the team is so bad around him. Right. Right. And I, I just I can't square myself into thinking that they'll win the series. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I mean, like I said, um, doesn't shock me the way what happens. I just, I feel like the star power could make Philly really good here. Um, obviously I'm really high on Maxi. I always have been. I, I just think he's a great player and has a chance to really step it up. And, and to be honest, I, I just think there's a lot that could fuel that team, man. I just do. I think there's a lot that could fuel them. Um, it's it's a combination of just kind of the way the narratives have played out and just the fact that I think that those two are going to step up. That's really the big thing. I understand the depth, you know, the depth conversation. It isn't close. Uh, and, and, and like you said, I always like to do like, you know, best players in the series. Toronto pretty much owns that. Honestly, uh, they, they own that pretty good. You know, if you're looking at a top five, you probably got three going in Toronto's favor uh, compared to Philly's two. And if you are the two, you want to have them one and two. The Philly doesn't have that, you know, because of the way that Siakam's been playing right now. So I, I get it, you know, and and I think Nurse is a better coach than Doc. So I, I know there's a lot of going against me here, but but I, I just feel like Philly has a chance to, to to come in. It's it's not even really just it's it's just kind of a belief here. It's it's to me, it's I just think James Harden is going to play better than what people are. I just I think he's hearing it, man. I think he's hearing it. And and I, I think he, he doesn't need to be a 40 point guy. I just think he can be 25 and 10. You know, and, and that, that might do enough because I think Philly might have enough with with Maxi. I think they I think they might have enough with Harris. I, I think if you're going to throw that much attention on Harden, 
to try to stop him, it might give you an advantage for how you can get Harris's 18. I, I don't know. We'll see. And plus, this is this is my other thing with Toronto. Like, I, I think I love this because we're kind of just going at it from dueling perspectives where I favor Toronto so much. I, I will admit I'm very biased towards them. I love their team. Yeah. Right. And I'm not going to act like I don't. And I, they have a lot of guys that I love, right? OG, right. I love OG's game. I love yeah. Scotty Barnes's game. I love Precious Achua has grown on me this year, right? He still doesn't pass it worth a lick. Um, you hate the passing. I, God, you hate the passing. <laughs> let's, 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 well, there should be a drinking game for anyone that's, that wants to listen, that listens to, you know, that sits there and is like, when you mentioned Precious Achua, you're always going to say he's not a good passer. Well, can you hate something that's not there? I guess that's my question. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. But in all seriousness, Thad was an excellent pickup for them. Yeah, he was. And I think Thad is going to make a massive impact in this series because he's such a smart help defender. He's going to probably pick Joel's pocket a couple times. Right. And that's going to how that's going to be how you slow him down is by making him turn it over. Yeah. And I think the Raptors can do that to Joel at the very least. Right. I don't know if I'm going to check the, uh, well, the Raptors have no injuries on the injury report. So presumably they're going to have their full lineup, right? They're going to have Trent, OG, Scotty, Pascal, and Fred. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd start. Like, I don't even know if I'd go with the small lineup right away. If I'm the Raptors, like, I think, I don't know. I might start precious. I might start Chris Boucher. Um, just to change it up. Yeah. Just to change it up, just to get a body on Embiid. But then in later in the game, I think you say it's kind of like a warrior situation where you save the long ball for the end of the game. But that's the other thing too. The Raptors just have so many different ways they can hurt you because all their guys are freaking six, eight, like yeah. every single one of them. And they're all long as hell. And if they tire Joel out, you know, I, I just feel like there's a lot more advantages going Toronto's way, right? Like my brain is telling me Sixers. My heart is telling me Raptors. I think I, I, I can't help but go with the Raptors, but I get it. I get it. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Am I too, am I, and is the public consensus too high on the Raptors or why are we too high on the Raptors? Like, I think we're too high on the Raptors because we just automatically assume that James Harden's just going to fall down the cliff. And I understand his track record's not great. I get it. But he's not his, he's not going to do what people think he's going to do. He's not just going to get locked down. This is a guy that I think is going to use this and and take it to another level. I just I'm sold on it. I I think I think he's really I mean it's weird to say that he's getting slept on, but he really is. He really is. The public consensus right now on him is very very low. Um his stock is dropping and I just for me personally, I, I, I think that the, the, the public's in on this and I just don't buy, I, I, I'm not riding with him. I mean, this is just my problem. My problem with James Harden, Caleb, is that he hasn't adjusted his game to his aging, right? He, I get him. He's 32, right? Yeah. And he's been playing a, a crap ton of minutes <laughs> since he got to Houston, right? Even right. when he was at OKC, he was still playing a lot of minutes. He just like, okay. So his first, first year in OKC, you know, 16, 54 minutes, 22 minutes a game as a rookie. Right. Yeah. That's about the rookie workload you'd expect. Yeah. Second year, 2,100 minutes, 25.6 a game off the bench. Right. Third year, 
only 62 game season, still almost 2000 minutes, right? Right. <laughs> From his first year in Houston on, he played the fewest amount of games he plays in Houston is 68, right? And that's in 1920 with the shortened season. So the fewest amount of games he played in a full season was 72. And the fewest amount of minutes he played outside of the 2019-20 season was 2,520. That's a lot of minutes. A lot of minutes. In addition to, they made the conference finals two or three times when he was in Houston. Like, he was compiling a lot of minutes. So it was going to catch up to him at some point. He needs to change up his shot diet. He can't just be jacking these stack up step back threes anymore. He needs to yeah. start implementing more mid-range shots. Yeah. And I, I sound like a broken record with this, but if he actually shot mid-range shots, he took what the defense was giving to him. Caleb, what percentage of his shots this year were mid-range shots? Not, not enough. 25%. Yeah. 67 shots plus yeah. 19 fouls drawn. How many yeah. of his shots were threes? Good amount. Upper, 1%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that. I mean, it's, it's, it's not good enough. So let me, let me, I agree. Phrase. That's, that's in Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he took on the year, he has taken, let's see, doing some quick math here. He's taken about 260 mid range shots out of compared to, 440 three-pointers that ratio needs to be even right and that ratio is not going to be even which is another reason why i'm not favoring Harden right now yeah yeah i get it i get it so let's just go ahead and we got to end this podcast this podcast we apologize but we did a lot in this episode so hopefully you'll forgive us um predictions caleb who is winning how many games are the sixers winning this series in I got, I got Philly. Like I said, I got Philly winning. Give me Philly, Philly and seven. I'm going with Toronto and seven. All right. I think it's, it's going to be a tough series and Joel, there will be one way in which I change my mind. That'll be if Joel Embiid averages 45 points a game. And yeah. I, I don't think he will. I love Joel, but we, you talked about how hard it is for Giannis to average 35 points a game. Yeah. And I didn't disagree with you there. So yeah. Um, shameless plugs time. Caleb insanity had was, um, rescheduled this week due to weather concerns. What do we got coming for the people next week? Um, everything, man, we got NBA coming. We got NFL draft coming. We got, you know, tons to talk about. Bryce and I are ready to talk about it. Uh, you know, you always know where to catch the Linsanity. And make sure you check it out and make sure actually that's what you can do at Bryce Shaddy, call him a schmuck that he'll really appreciate that. If you made it this far, just go ahead and do that for me. Tag us at Caleb Lynn. At Al, what's your at? I'm sorry. I'm at Caleb Lynn one. At Caleb Lynn one. At Alex Burr four. It's late, Caleb. Forgive me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> make sure you check out Circle City Cinema. Zach yeah. hasn't um, put out an episode in a while, but that doesn't mean he's not cooking, folks. Yeah. Zach is a brilliant mind, so make sure you check that out. And then make sure you check out Facts and Stats. It's not a running hook podcast, but hey, JD's family. So make sure you check out his stuff. He should have a new episode coming out soon. Caleb, this was a long one, but a great one. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, it was great. And thank you so much to the audience for listening. 